Hey, hey, good morning. Welcome in person and online. Uh, We are so glad you're with us today. I was just thinking as we sang that song, we're going to try something. If you're online with us right now, uh, drop in the comments the emoji that has the spectacle that looks like a magnifying glass, and uh, the first person to do it will message you, and we'll have a little gift for you. Our team is scrambling right now. They had no idea that was coming. In here right now, I want you to think about this. We're talking about growing up today, and when we talk about growing up, I, I don't know about you, but you remember like as a child when you found what a magnifying glass could do? And, and there, there was something about that that was both destructive and devious. We won't get into that. Yeah, I was one of those kids too. But there was also something about that magnifying glass that, that would just bring life and, and a largeness, if you will, to whatever you were looking at. And it was always fun to kind of get behind it and see how large you or your friend would look through it. And as we sang that song, Christ Be Magnified, you know, so much about what this is all about is the fact that Jesus desires to be magnified in us. That when we think about God's heart for us, it's that we would grow up in him and we would see him magnified in and through our life. That Jesus would be larger through the way we live. In the book of Colossians, where we're going to be today, you could turn there if you'd like to chapter 2. And we're in this series, as you just saw in the video, uh, about what is God doing here at Pathway what, who are we? Where are we headed? What, what does it mean to be a part of this church in this new season and where God is leading us? And we want Jesus to be magnified in all things. Amen? And I got to tell you, the lights are on again today. And, and it's exciting. We, we had people come to faith this week, and I know that at least three of them came from our ministry partner, Master's Academy Three students this week gave their life to Christ at the chapel. That is exciting to be a part of. And so we want Jesus to be magnified. And as as we look at Colossians 2, there's something Paul is saying. He's writing this letter to a church and he's wanting them to understand, listen, you have a purpose and you're going to do that as a part of this community and this church that you're in. And as he lays it out, I'm actually going to begin with the end in mind. We're going to be looking at verses 6 through 19 of chapter 2, but I want to begin with verse 19. I want to point us to to the, the ending point, the goal, and what it's all about, and then we'll back it up and walk through it. In verse 19, it says this, And not holding fast to the head, from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. You see, what Paul is saying, listen, when Jesus is the head, when he's at the center, when he's what's being magnified, the body itself will be knit together in a way that brings growth. That we would all be growing up in our faith. And as we think about this and look at it, I thought it would be fun. Maybe you've noticed there's been a social media trend lately. Uh, Some of you don't even know what social media is, and that's okay. Others of you are like, oh, wow, he uses it. Yes, I do, and sometimes I see what you're posting, okay? Um, But but here's the deal. There's this this baby filter, and and I thought, wouldn't it be fun, like, to look at 
are pastors today if they had a baby filter over their face? Because sometimes, if we're honest, we are giving the appearance of being grown up, but really we're actually being quite immature. Our pastors, thankfully, aren't the case, okay? I got their permission. I'll do me first. Here you go. All right. There's Pastor Brian with baby Brian to the right. We actually had a ton of fun with this with our family, and I've got a number of those, and uh, yeah, just hilarious. And it's amazing how, actually, if you look at your baby photos, some of them look pretty, pretty real. You want to see another one? Here's another one of our pastors with the baby face. Okay, Pastor Nate. <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend right there. I love it. Love it. I, I don't know how the filter removed the beard, but it did. Just be creepy on a baby, right? Next one, this is uh, Pastor Doug. We love you, Doug. No other comments necessary. Next photo, this is Dr. Smith. Master's Academy, message us, we'll get this to you. So great to see some of these and laugh a little, isn't it? And then uh, lastly here, this is Pastor Randy. (laughs) Now, can I just say, he hasn't changed a whole lot, has he? Like just, he has aged so well. And I got to tell you, uh, he did such a great job last week, didn't he? Such an awesome message and uh, just so thankful for his heart and, and who he is as one of our pastors here. I'm thankful for all of our pastors, and uh, thanks for letting me do that. Because if we're honest, some of us realize that maybe we haven't grown up as much as we need to. And, and the beauty of what God does is he doesn't shame us, he doesn't guilt us, he doesn't condemn us. He just simply says, here's the invitation. Here, here's who I am, here's what I have for you, and I would love for you to grow up and allow me to be magnified through your life. Our mission as a church, as we've been talking about over the last few weeks, is loving God and loving all people in our pathway. And that's going to take a great deal of maturity to not just love people in our church called Pathway, but to love all people that God places in our pathway out there beyond these walls or beyond this live stream. It's going to take some maturity. And so we've talked about connecting and what does it mean for us to connect with God and with others. It's what Pastor Randy got into last week that our weekend worship, that part of our discipleship pathway is to connect, to grow, and to serve. And so to connect means that we're connecting with God and with others in weekend worship. To grow with God and with others means that that we're in environments, in community together, in discipleship, in spaces where people can be sharpened and can grow up. Amen? And that's what we're looking at today is this grow idea. Next week we'll look at serving. And what does it mean that God has saved us literally to serve him until he returns, and and that we serve with God and with others at Pathway and Beyond. I'm excited about who we are as a church and where God is leading us, and I hope you are as well, because part of this pathway is for us to look at, okay, what does this mean for our lives? Let me show you what Paul said in verse 6 and 7. Now we're going to back it up in Colossians 2. Verse 6 says, therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, 
so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you are taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Paul is talking to believers and saying, listen, because of who Jesus is, you're to move from stagnant to growing. That, that in fact, you're to move from a place of being stagnant, not moving, not necessarily growing, maybe even to some degree dead in your faith, to being alive and growing. He's saying that as you've received Christ, that there's something about this that is rooted and established in the faith, and then we're walking with Jesus. That rooted actually is a past tense in the original language, meaning that it's already been done. When you've come into faith with Jesus, he has rooted you, he has established you, he has said, you are my chosen, I love you, I forgive you, you are now established and rooted, you've received the fullness in him. But that isn't enough, according to Paul. According to Paul, he's saying, listen, as you've received this, you're to now walk in it. You're to now walk in it and be established in your faith in a way that you are built up, that you are growing, that you are changing and transforming. This is God's heart for us. This is what Paul is saying to them is to move from stagnant to growing. You know, disciples, as we've talked about, are committed followers of Jesus. There are people that have said, I don't just believe in Jesus. I'm committed to following him. So I'm rooted in him. I'm also being established and built up in him. I'm following him. And this wasn't just like in Colossians that Paul said this. He actually says it again in Ephesians chapter 3. Let me read it to you in verse 17. This is actually in the middle of a prayer where Paul is praying for the church in Ephesus. And he says this. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted, you see that word again, and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Love what Paul is saying. His heart is that they would receive all that God had for them, that they would be growing up in their faith. And at the end of verse 7, did you see kind of what was the natural result of that? At the end of verse 7 in chapter 2, it's saying, listen, as you've been rooted, as you've been established, as you are walking in your faith and being built up, the natural result is you're going to be abounding Another translation says, overflowing with thankfulness. It's February 28th. This is not the Thanksgiving message. Okay? Some of you are like, wait, whoa, what? It's wearing a jacket. It's February. It's Florida. Did I miss that it's Thanksgiving week? You didn't. Because as a believer in Jesus, Thanksgiving is a daily thing. It's daily it's recognizing that we live in a very negative culture and world right now. A world that is hypersensitive and being critical of almost everything. And yet we as believers 
While we can see and name the things going on that are wrong, we need to be coming from a place of abounding, of overflowing with thankfulness. Because despite what we see in the world, we know who Jesus is. We know that Jesus has the final word, that Jesus is in control, that Jesus has done enough already today for us to give thanks. If he did nothing more, he's done enough today for each of us that we can give thanks. Amen? And so we do. We give thanks for what God is doing. One of the ways we do that, and that it's been a part of just how I, I've lived and led by the Lord's grace over the last really 15 years, has been to ask the question regularly how is God at work? What is God doing in our midst? What can we point to and give God thanks for? How can we say, God, we, we are rejoicing in celebrating that you're growing us up, that you're working among us? I had the privilege this morning of bringing uh, Rick Harvey up with me. Uh, Rick, is, as he joins me, he has uh, been on staff here, and he's now, as you'll hear over the next couple of weeks, one of those staff members that's being tasked with something that is a part of his heart, you can come up here, but is also so clearly what God's hand is on him for. Rick is actually stepping in as our discipleship director here at Pathway. Can we give him a hand? And as he does that, you know, I want to just ask you the question, because God's already doing something in discipleship here. So what, what are you seeing? What's God doing? What are you giving thanks for? Wow, we see God at work. Can you hear me? Okay, no. We see God at work in so many places right now. Uh, one of the really exciting things I want to talk to you about is Rooted, and that started um, just recently. We're going into our fifth week of Rooted. Rooted is an 11-week transformation journey. And it's awesome because uh, it's a discipleship method. And, you know, disciples are very important to Jesus. Uh, Andrew went and got Peter. Philip went and got Nathaniel. And so they together, when they, when they met Jesus, they had an encounter and experience with God, with Jesus. They wanted to tell other people about it. And in Rooted, we're seeing that happen. Um, in all the different groups, I know I can just give you a testimony from my own group without going into details, how awesome it is that we're connecting with God, we're connecting with the church, each other, and we're connecting with our purpose. God has a purpose for each and every one of us, amen? And it's here in his church to do things and to go out and bring other people to him. And what's happening in Rooted right now is really remarkable um, as walls in our lives are coming down and we're talking about real things. But we're also letting God into those places. We're giving God room and we're giving him space to come and work and to love us, to heal us, to restore us. And together we're, we're drawing closer to each other, but we're also drawing closer to God. And as we draw near to him, he draws near to us. And so it's just a remarkable, amazing thing that God's doing right now as we give him room to do that. So I encourage you, if you haven't done Rooted yet, we have another class that starts up in June, and we have it again in October. So we're going to offer it three times a year. Again, it's an 11-week journey with a really cool celebration at the end. It's going to be awesome. All right. Can you hear his passion and excitement? Yeah. yeah. So good. And... Uh... So exciting. Now, beyond Rooted, there's other ways to plug in right now with discipleship. Do you want to tell them just some of the other ways they can get plugged in, and then how can they sign up to get more information? 
Yes, so we do have registrations open right now, and if you, in, in May, we're going to be offering three discipleship classes. Uh, number one is going to be a new believers class, so if you're new to the faith or you're coming back to the faith, um, we're going to have that class for you. It's a four-week class, starts in May. That'll be at 9 a.m. here on Sunday mornings. And then also we're going to have a spiritual gifts class so that you can go and kind of discover a little more about what kind of gifts that God's given you because God says he's given everybody gifts and he wants us to use them for him. And the other class that we're going to offer is Pathway to Purpose. So you can discover your purpose, discover how God wants to use you here in the church and in the world. Amen. Isn't that cool to hear yeah, about? It's be awesome. I, you could shoot an email to hello at Pathway vb.com there we go and uh, we'd be happy to get you more information on any of these opportunities um, we are excited about what's happening and uh, Rick if you take a minute I didn't tell you this was coming but could you just pray over discipleship here at pathway and then just pray over the rest of the message would you mind doing that all right thank you father we thank you so much <clears throat> that you called us to be disciples and uh, we know that disciples make disciples and that's how your kingdom grows Lord so I just pray, lift up these uh, classes, the facilitators, the teachers, everybody that's, that's got their hand in it, Lord, the staff. And as we begin to draw near to you and as we become passionate about becoming disciples, not just uh, believers, but disciples, and walking with you and hearing from you and being led by you, Father, I pray that you would increase us, you would increase your kingdom, and that Christ would be magnified through all of that, Lord. We thank you for this message today. I pray that our hearts and our minds would be open to the rest of what Pastor Brian has to say, what God is saying through him. And as we do that, Lord, I pray that we are transformed in the image of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Rick. Let's give him a hand. Just abounding with thanksgiving for what God is doing here. Amen. Uh, so good. So good. And uh, if you're online and you're wondering, well, what does this mean for me? Uh, we actually do have a Facebook group, actually, whether you're online or in person, that we would love for you to join and be a part of. This is a way to stay connected with God and with others during the week if you are on social media. And, and I got to tell you, we are here to spur each other on to love and good deeds. Amen? And so the more connected we are with God and with others, the more we're going to see what we're looking at in Colossians 2 today. It's interesting, as Paul is talking to them, he's also very aware that there are people in their midst that, that are trying to shame them, guilt them, heap extra regulations on them. See, Jesus came to set us free. Jesus came to, to set us free. And when the world is trying to exclude us, Jesus is working to include us. And this is so important to recognize because as we look at this next portion, Paul is going to deal directly with false teaching that's happening in and around the people. And we live in a world where there is a lot of false teaching, where there is a lot that is happening that may be outside of what we believe Scripture teaches. And so notice here what Paul does in the next few verses, picking up in verse 8. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, 
And you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. In him you also were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Verse 12, notice here he talks about baptism. He says, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through the faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. And you were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. God made alive together with him, having forgiven all of our trespasses. Isn't that good news? Let me, let me just pause there for a minute. And, and let's unpack what Paul is saying here. He's saying, listen, there are people that are trying to add or move you away from Christ. And I want to call you back to Jesus. I want to call you back to Christ and to realize that his fullness is in you. And his fullness is enough. That if you're growing in Christ and becoming more like Jesus, that is what it's about. He's going on to say, listen, when you were baptized... When you are actually baptized in the faith, just as Christ died on the cross, we're saying in baptism that our old life is dead. It's over. It's gone. That what the enemy tried to steal from us, life as it was meant to be, Jesus has now made us alive. That as we come up out of the water, we're like the resurrected Christ with the resurrected Jesus in us, declaring that we are alive in him. Church, that is really good news. And I got to tell you, April 18th, we are going to be celebrating baptism here at Pathway. We are going to be celebrating baptisms. We're going to do it in a way that is COVID-friendly, but also is more importantly Christ-centered and allows the Spirit to celebrate among us what he's doing. And so if you've never been baptized, I want to encourage you, sign up to get more information. Sign up to connect with us. You can do that just pathwayvb.com slash baptism. Connect with us. We would love for you to be a part of that. It's a huge part of our faith. And notice, notice here what he says in verse 13, he says, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. The phrase as I was praying through this message was from cheated to completed. That in fact, what Paul is saying, listen, there is a world and an enemy that has tried to cheat you out of your identity in Christ. And that in fact, we need to move from cheated to completed. That part of growing up is recognizing who Jesus is, who he wants to be in our lives. And that he moves us to completion in him. And he's done it for us. This is not, and this has to be so clear, this is not our good works. This is not our strength. This is what Jesus has done. In fact, I love how Paul said it. He nailed it to the cross, publicly declaring that he has the victory over the enemy. 
that in fact Satan has no authority over our lives when we come into relationship with Jesus. And so any guilt, any shame, any condemnation that we've been carrying around, we need to just set it down, to lay it down at the foot of the cross and say, no more. You're not going to shame me, enemy, or cheat me into believing something that isn't true about Jesus and who he says I am. Come on, church. Y'all here? Y'all awake? This is significant. And so Paul is getting at this issue in a way that then calls us to what I believe is the reality of, of Christ-centered community. When we're centered on Christ, the natural result is we're going to grow. We're going to grow with Jesus. We're going to grow with others. He's pointing them solidly to Jesus. Get your eyes off the other things and pay attention to who Jesus is. When we do that, when we get centered on Christ, he's going to begin to reveal to us areas where he's saying, listen, not only did I die for that, but I'm asking you to take up your cross. I'm asking you to follow me. Notice what Paul says here in Galatians 2 verse 20 to his people. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Y'all, that is a deep verse. A verse that says if we continue to live and breathe, it's about Jesus. It's not about us. Part of finding our purpose, part of finding what God has placed us here for is setting aside our agenda to say, God, it's not about me, it's about you. I'm looking forward to seeing what you created for me, what you have for me. I live for you. Now Paul goes on here, from cheated to completed, he now looks at this reality of from shadows to substance. Verse 16, Therefore let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink, or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions puffed up without reason by a sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head, from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. What Paul is getting at here is to not allow anyone to kidnap, condemn, or disqualify us. He's saying, listen, there's a shadow that lurks over many of our lives. This shadow is from things that people are telling you you need to do or have to do. Jesus is enough. Jesus, in fact, is enough. And when we move from head knowledge of Jesus to heart knowledge, when we move from being able to pass a test about Jesus and a quiz to actually living with Jesus, when we move from something that we watch or participate in on Sunday to something that's 
in our daily living that's a part of how we function during the week, it's a game changer. That's moving from shadow to substance, from realizing that Jesus has something for you every day of the week. And it changes when you wake up and you're like, okay, God, I don't know what you have today, but I can't wait to see what it might be. I can't wait to see what you have. He's trying to shift their focus and perspective, trying to help them see that there's people that would try, an enemy that would try to not just cheat them, but kidnap them, convince them that they're disqualified, hold them captive and in bondage. I mean, has anybody else ever dealt with the I'm not good enough issue? Anybody else felt like, well, I'm not good enough. I'm not qualified. I'm not like him or not like her. And the beauty of of what Paul is getting at is, listen, don't compare to all these other things going on around you. Don't listen to, to those that are pulling you apart or aside. You know, it's interesting the day and age we, we live in. There's actually a verse I want to share and, and show you this. I've been thinking about this a lot over the last, actually, decade, believe it or not. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. It says, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears. They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. I wonder if podcasts and playlists contribute to that. I'll answer my own question, they do. Because it's really easy in this day and age to listen to what we want to hear, to make a determined, do you know that they actually tell us communicators, preachers, pastors, influencers, that, that people in video now, when you watch a video, any of you watch a video during the week? Two of you? <laughs> Pathway, we're a real different church. Or we're just not being honest. Maybe you're scared to put your hand up. That's okay. Video is a big deal. And many of us are watching videos during the week. Do you know that they tell people that are preparing those? That most of the time, people make their decision of whether or not to listen to it in the first three to five seconds. In the first three to five seconds, we often determine whether or not we're going to listen to something. Swipe left, swipe right, go to the next. What's the thing that I want to hear my itching ear needs? And here's the beauty of Christ-centered community. The beauty of Christ-centered community is we're there for each other with love and grace. We're there for each other in an environment that says we're here to grow and be like Jesus. And I'm gonna have a good day and, and I'm gonna have a bad day. And on my bad day, Others are there to help pick me up. And on somebody else's bad day, I'm having a good day. I'm there to help lift them up. You see how when Paul says in verse 19, we're knit together and we're growing into the head, what that's meant to look like in the body of Christ? 
We need each other. We're here to help support each other and help each other grow with Jesus. That's what growing is about, is growing with God and others in these discipleship relationships that say, hey, I'm not trying to be better than you. I'm trying for both of us to be like Jesus. Can I get an amen? And that's a completely countercultural message in today's world. And that's why we've got to be willing to acknowledge if our itching ears are only listening to things that make us feel comfortable, but we're not growing, maybe God is saying, I need you to, to get centered back on me. I need you to listen to me. I need you to get into community in ways that are going to help you grow because there's a little bit of the image of God in each of us. There's something your gifts and, your, and the Holy Spirit in you brings that helps me grow. We help each other grow, amen? This is who I believe God has called us to be as a church here. Verse 19 again says this, And not holding fast to the head, so we're holding on to Jesus, the head of the church, from whom the whole body nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. We can position ourselves for growth, but ultimately it's God that brings the growth. And we need each other, is what Paul is saying. I was always fascinating growing up by redwood trees. Anybody else just amazed at the sequoia or the redwood tree? I mean, here's a picture. Uh, these trees on the West Coast are unbelievable. They are so large. Some of them can be, as, in fact, 35 stories, 350 feet, more than a football field. Tall, unbelievable, large wide, heavy trees, right? I'll never forget the moment that I'm researching these trees, just kind of trying to nerd out for a minute and learn about them. And I find out that their roots typically go five to six feet deep. And I'm going, whoa, wait, what? How does 350 feet in the air with that kind of circumference not topple or tip, not sway or fall? How does it thrive and get to that size and survive wind and storms and all of the other things? Do you know what the answer is? It's in this picture here. In God's incredible design, because he is the creator, the ultimate artist, he is the one that put this all together. Can I get an amen? He designed that these trees do not grow alone. They grow in a forest, in a grove, if you will. And that the root system, while only six feet deep, is sometimes as much as a hundred feet wide for one tree. And the reason for that is it connects to the other trees around it. And those root systems then cause each other to hold fast and to weather storms and to find nourishment when one doesn't have as much as it needs. The roots are intertwined and connected so they're growing 
together and they're healthy. Come on, Redwood Trees, for preaching this message today. God has this for us in a healthy church. I showed you in Ephesians, Galatians, and Colossians, and I could go through other scriptures that would show us throughout the New Testament that God's design for his church, and I believe God's design for pathway, is that we would be growing up together into the head who is Jesus. So three questions for you as you think about what does it mean for you to get connected, to not do it alone, to not try to figure it out, but to be in relationship with others, to grow with others. These are the three questions I'm asking myself and asking you today. Have you received Jesus? Have you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Has Jesus moved from your head to your heart? Because I got to tell you, when you have an experience of God's unconditional love through Jesus, when it moves that the longest road typically on earth, which is the 18 inches between our head and our heart, when it moves through that space and suddenly we realize who Jesus is and we have a relationship with him, it is a game changer. Have you done that? Have you received it? Because in verse 6, that's what Paul said, is it all begins. Therefore, because you've received Jesus. So I want to encourage you to start there today. To begin in that space of asking the question, have you acknowledged and received Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Or maybe for you today, you've, you've done and passed the quiz and it's been in your head. But Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart and saying, I have more for you. Open your heart to me. The second question is, what is your next step to start growing with Jesus and with others? What is God saying to you? Not what am I saying? Not what are you, you know, hearing from others? What is God showing you and saying to you? That this is your next step to grow with him and with others. And how are you going to do that? And the third question, who do you need to share this with today? How many of you know when you begin to share in community, things begin to change? Like when you begin to get real and open and honest, and you begin to say, hey, here's what God's doing in my life. Here's how I'm seeing God at work in my life. When we can remove not the COVID-19 face mask, but that religious church mask, that sometimes we walk in and put on. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? I got one clap. I feel like there's a few others of you. When we can just begin to set that aside and say, here's who I am, here's what God's doing. Can you help? Can you, can you walk with me? I love what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11 said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Used to think that was really bold of Paul, and it was. Used to think it was a little cocky of Paul, a little overconfident. But what I see now is Paul's humility in saying, it's not me. I'm following Jesus. And as I follow Jesus, will you walk with me? Will you walk with me? 
believe God has such great plans ahead. I am so excited because he's growing us up in him. If you'll stand with me right now, you've been sitting long enough. If you're able to stand, if you're at home, be safe. If you're driving a car, don't stand up. I want to just take a minute and pray over us, and then we're going to go into a song that I believe is going to create space to respond. We're going to have the altars open and prayer team ready. You can come forward or you can respond right where you're at. But this song, it's Paul's heart, I believe, in what he was writing. It's my heart. It's Pastor Randy's heart. It's the heart of this team and this church that Jesus would be the center and we would grow up in him. Amen. Father, we love you and praise you. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for being here with us. Jesus, thank you that where the enemy in the world has tried to cheat us, you've completed us. Where the world, in fact, has thrown shadows at us, you are our substance. You are the one we look to, to move from stagnant to growing And we want to grow in you. So Jesus, right now in this time and in this space, we center our lives and this church on you. And we just say, have your way. Have your way, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship him. The altars are open. at the center of it all Jesus at the center of it all From beginning to the end It will always be It's always been you, Jesus 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 at the center of it Jesus at the center of it all From beginning to the end It will always be It's always been you, Jesus Jesus Because nothing else matters Nothing in this world Jesus, you're the center. Everything revolves around you. Jesus, you. Jesus, be the center of my life. Jesus, be the center of my life. From beginning to It's always been you, Jesus, oh Jesus, cause nothing else matters. 
Jesus, you are the center. Oftentimes, we're the ones that get off center. And we just confess that to you now. And we thank you for recentering and refocusing us on you. We thank you that your heart is for us to grow up and to be more like you. And we thank you, Jesus, that you give us a community to do that in called your church. And we are here for each other, to sharpen, to love, to encourage, 
Thank you for the gift of community, the gift of your son, Jesus. God, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for what you are doing. And we ask that as you fan into flame our love for you and the gifts that you've given us, that we would overflow with thanksgiving. We would abound with it and share the good news with everyone that you put in our pathway this week. God, we thank you, and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen Amen and amen. (laughs) Praise God for what he is doing. We just want to encourage you to get connected in this season. If you're online, reach out to our host. If you're here and a visitor, please come to our Welcome Center. We have a gift for you, and we would love to welcome you. You can give through the giving boxes or give online, and let's not leave the same way we came in. Amen? Amen. Go now and be the church.